The following audio is from Crossroads Church, a church in Lincoln, Nebraska, centered around building genuine community through authentic faith. More info can be found at lincolncrossroads.com. All right, well, we're going to talk, um, we're in the middle of our stewardship series, and uh, last week we talked about stewarding our time, and stewardship is just giving back to God what is already His. Last week we talked about time, today we're going to talk about talent, uh, but I wanted to know what kind of hidden talents there might be in this room, okay? So this is not just for the kids right now, this is for everybody, Okay, so I want to know what kind of hidden talents we got. Are there, is there, can, how many of you can curl your tongue? Do it. Let's see it. Don't raise your hand. Prove it. Okay, let's see you curl your tongue. Okay. How many um, can pat your head and rub your tummy at the same time? Let's see it. Let's see it. Prove it. Some, okay. Some of y'all think you can, but I'm telling you you're not. Okay, some of you are like, I'm not doing this. I'm not even trying it. How many whistlers do we have? Can anybody do a big one? You know, like a big one. Woo, I love it. She, Roxanne had a good one over there. I love it. Can anybody, I know this might mess up your makeup. Can anybody touch their tongue to their nose without using their fingers? I want to see somebody who can. Who can? I for sure can't. My tongue is way wider than it is long, so I can't. Lydia's got it. Lydia's got it in the bag. Okay. Great. Love it. Love the hidden talents. I have a hidden talent, and I don't get to use it very often, so I thought that today was the day since we're talking about talent, and my hidden talent is this. Can you hear that? Anybody else do it? I don't know what use it has anywhere, but it's a hidden talent, and I wanted to share it with you today. Uh, we're gonna, but we're going to talk about stewardship. How do we steward the talents well that God has given us? How do we give back to God what he has already given us? And some of those talents are silly, but some of them are truly gifts that God has given us that he wants us to use. How do we steward them or how do we take care of them well? Well, I'm going to read a story. Um, this is kind of like a theme for this whole series. And Sean read it out of the book of Luke a couple weeks ago. I'm going to read it out of the book of Matthew chapter 25. Um, there are different versions that talk about this. It talks about a master giving um, talents to his servants. Well, the talents were not talents like we think of talents was actually like a bag of money, okay? So the version I'm using, it's some of them say talents, mine says a bag of silver. So, okay, Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, it says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. 
After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. Now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid you'd lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. So this story illustrates the idea of stewardship that really can be applied to all of the resources we have. Okay, so last week, Pastor Grady talked about stewarding our time, how the time that we have isn't really our time, it's God's time, and how do we uh, take care of that well? Sometimes it's working and sometimes it's resting, but how do we steward that time well? Well, today we're going to talk specifically about our talent. How do we steward our talent well? And I think the word talent encompasses multiple different things. Because we, right, we said everything we have comes from God. Every good and perfect gift has come down from God, the Father of lights to us. That's what the Bible says. So when we use the word talent, what I want you to think about with talent is that talent is not taught. Okay, the definition of talent is it's a natural ability to see or do something in a certain way. Okay, talent is genetic. Talent is inherited. You can see this often in kids. You can see talent start to rise up. Remember, it's a natural ability to see or do something in a certain way. You can see this early on in kids. You can see the ones that um, naturally are learn their numbers and science, and they, those things just make sense to them. Or there's some kids um, who just have a lot of words at an early age. I had a few. They had many, many words. They were very, their, their gift, their talent, there was this natural ability to communicate with language. Um, some kids will color or they will paint or they will um, trace. They will, um, they'll draw on any piece of paper that you give to them because this natural ability to just be creative. Some kids thrive when they're building something with their hands. 
And some kids, you watch them even from the time they are babies that they just want to take care of babies. Have you ever seen like a like a two-year-old try to pick up like a one-and-a-half-year-old? Like they're just trying to take care of that baby even though they're babies themselves. But those are the kinds of natural, genetic talent, the ability to see or naturally see or do something in a certain way. And then there's skill, okay? So a skill is something that's learned. And it might start as a talent or it might not. You might just be like, I want to learn to play the guitar. I don't know anything about a guitar. I don't know anything about music, but I'm going to learn to play guitar. And you take lessons and you practice and you learn the guitar. So you might, it might start with a talent, it might not. You know, I think of Rachel. I, Rachel, I don't know why I use you as sermon illustrations, like maybe every time. I don't know. But yeah, I think of Rachel. Rachel has a natural talent. I was around when she was growing up, but my guess is she always had a song in her heart. She was always humming something. There's music that naturally rises up in her. She can hear a note and she can sing it. She can, she know, there's a natural talent but she worked on that talent. She put it to work. She took lessons and she practiced and she played in all the bands and she went to school and she studied and she cultivated that talent into a skill. Does that make sense? There's a difference. And I don't want to discredit someone who's learned a skill versus someone who has like a natural talent because um, the Bible talks about when they were building the tabernacle and building the temple, God commands them to use skilled workmen, people who have learned a skill and are skilled at a certain craft, use them to build the church. So whether you were born with a natural talent whether it's innate within you or it's something that God has given you the grace and the opportunity to learn, they're both resources to be stewarded. Does that make sense? And then there's the element of spiritual gifts, okay? Now, spiritual gifts are just how they sound. They're gifts that are given after salvation that are given by the power of the Holy Spirit. These are talked about in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. He says, uh, verse 7, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing of spirits, to another speaking in different tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. And you've seen this, maybe you've seen this if you've been around the church very long, someone who maybe is timid in nature and then they give their life to Jesus and the next thing you know, they're boldly proclaiming the message of the gospel to everybody that they come in contact with. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people will come up to you and they'll speak something to you and you're like, there is no human way that you could know that. Like there's no reason you should know that. But God just speaks what's called a word of knowledge, a gift of knowledge through the Holy Spirit that, that doesn't make any sense. You, uh, if you've ever seen someone pray for, there are people who pray for sick people and they are healed. 
Like that is the power of the Holy Spirit. And just, but just like it says in this passage, every single one of these gifts comes through the Holy Spirit. So we've got the natural talents, we've got the learned skill, and we have the gifts of the Spirit. And so as we talk about this, our, how we steward our talents today, we're talking about all of them, okay? And, and I want you to remember, like it's easy to point those spiritual gifts back to God. They, they're gifts of the Holy Spirit. They can only be done through the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's easy to point that back to God. But the talents that you have, remember we said they're inherited. They're genetic. Those talents are part of the genetic makeup of our creator. And they're not in me, they're not me and they're not you, they are God and his DNA placed inside of you and they are every bit as spiritual and valuable as those gifts that are done by the Holy Spirit because they are God in you and he placed them in us to point people back to him. And those skills that you've learned, that you've really honed in on, whether you knew it or not, God is your helper. And he helps you with the abilities and the time and the resources to learn that skill. It's all from him. So this idea that we're going to steward these things, we're going to give back what's already his, it applies to all of them. Things you're born, natural talent, skills you've learned, and gifts of the Holy Spirit. And like in, like in this story, God has entrusted those to us while he's away. He's not away, but you know what I mean, while he's preparing a place for us in heaven, right? God has entrusted these gifts to us while he's away. He didn't, in this story, he did not give money, he entrusted it. And so how do we steward well these gifts that God has entrusted to us? So we're going to, uh, we're going to look a little bit deeper into that, and I'm going to give you today two truths and a lie, okay, on how to steward well these gifts. Have you ever played that game before, two truths and a lie? So like you make, th you make three statements, and everybody's got to guess whether or not your statements are, which one's the lie, okay? So like, for example, uh, my, my favorite road trip snack is Twizzlers, my middle name is Marie, and... I set a record in high school for the triple jump. What do you think is, what do you think is the lie? <laughs> Faye got it right. It's my middle name is not Marie. I did set a record. Some of you doubters out there. I set a record for the triple jump. Yeah. Do you want to clap for that? Thank you. Now, no one else in the school had ever attempted the triple jump, so all I had to do was land in the sand and I got the record. But still, I can tell you this, I can tell you this, it is not a genetic inherited talent that I have. And I did not work it into a skill, I can tell you that. I gave enough effort to hang out with my friends at a track meet. So anyway, two truths and a lie though about how do we steward these gifts that God has given us. Two truths about the talents that he's given us. Number one, God has entrusted you with a talent. That is the truth. Maybe many talents. God 
has entrusted you with talent. It's part of his DNA inside of you, like the definition we read. He's given you a natural ability to see or do something in a certain way. Just like in this story, everybody received something. So I want you to hear that this morning. God has entrusted you with talent. The trap that we often fall into with talent, though, is comparison. And in, just like in this story, was, did everyone have equal talents? No. It says he gave it according to their abilities. So the talent that was given, the money, the gift that was entrusted to each of them was by design and with a purpose according to their abilities. And this morning, I want you to know this. The talent that God has placed inside of you is by design and for a purpose. And anything you hear different from that is a lie from the enemy that wants to keep you from participating in what he's doing. God has entrusted you with a talent. Every talent wasn't equal, but everyone, but everyone got equal return, okay? So it didn't matter what they started with. The ones who invested it got equal return. And so if we're going to steward well what God has given us, we have to stop looking at what everyone else has, and we have to start using what we have. And you need to stop wishing for and wanting what everybody else has and start multiplying what God has already given you. And so in order to do that, we first, we have to identify it. What is it? Some of these talents are more obvious than others, but what is it? Remember, it's a natural ability to see or do something in a certain way. So what things come naturally to you? Like, what things like just make sense to you? Because I'm telling you this, they don't just make sense to everybody. Have you guys learned this? Everybody doesn't have common sense. <laughs> it's not as common as it sounds. So, but God has given, God has entrusted you with a gift and it's a, your, whatever it is, it's your nat, something that comes naturally, something that makes sense to you. Are you an encourager? Like, do you just find it easy to look at people and find something to celebrate? That's maybe your talent. Um, maybe it's logistics. Maybe you love to just like look at puzzle pieces and how do I fit these things together? Maybe you're an objective thinker. Maybe uh, your talent is you're just naturally a nurturer. Maybe you thrive in the arts and in the creative world, or you are naturally athletic. Maybe you're a helper, or you thrive in the context of manual labor. Maybe it's music, but ask yourself, is this something that just comes naturally to me? Maybe it's a talent that God has entrusted to me that he wants me to use. We got to identify it first and then we have to use it. I was thinking this week, you might have the talent of numbers 
and mathematics and you're really good at balancing your checkbook, but if you don't use it to help someone, then it's, it's serving your own purposes, but it's not fulfilling the purpose that God has designed because God has designed us to use our gifts for other people. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, he says, fan it into flame. Romans 12 says, let us, talking about gifts, let us use them. 1 Peter 4 says, as each one has received a gift, use it. So ask God, this gift that you have given me, how can it be used to point people to you? Whatever it is, how do I use this gift to point people to you? And I just want to tell you this right now, like this gift, whatever it may be, it may never be used in the context of a Sunday morning service. Like it, it really might not. Like you might be born uh, with... Um, steady hands and you use that talent of steady hands to go to school and to uh, get your doctorate and become a brain surgeon because you're using that talent he's given you, turn it into a skill and that is an important gift that's gonna meet people in a time where no one else can do this job and you're gonna meet a need and do it for the glory of God. But Lord willing, we're not probably ever going to use that gift in here on a Sunday morning. I hope. I hope. Or you might be, you might play the bagpipes. And you might be the best bagpiper in the Western Hemisphere. It is a word, by the way, look it up. One who bagpipes, okay? You might... And you might play the best version of Amazing Grace anybody has ever heard on the bagpipes, but you know what? We might not ever use that in this room on a Sunday morning for a service. We might not, but does that mean that your gift isn't valuable? No. Does that mean that it's not important? No, but you know what it means? It means it's not about the church. It's about the gift that God has entrusted to you and will you use it in the way that he leads? It doesn't mean it's not valuable. It doesn't mean it's not important. It just might mean that God has a plan for that gift that's different than yours. So once you've identified it, use it. Use it wherever he opens a door and then you just surrender it back to him. Like you've given it to me, I'm gonna be faithful to do something with it. I trust that you know your um, principles of you reap what you sow. Like I'm gonna trust that as I invest this gift that you will use it and then you just surrender it to him. So that first truth, you have been entrusted. God has entrusted you with a talent. Truth number two is that using those talents requires faith. Those servants had to invest. It said one of them invested. It said one of them worked for it. And I would imagine that with somebody else's money, there had to be, have, they had to have felt a sense of responsibility. It required a leap of faith. But remember, these gifts, these talents, those talents that you have, they're not yours. They're God's. And so this leap of faith, it's not in you. 
and it's not in your abilities, and ultimately, the outcome does not rest on you. What God asks us to do is to be faithful, to be willing, to step out in faith and trust that if I use the gift that he has given, that he's going to bring the increase. You know, there were two servants who understood in the story, who understood who their master was. They understood how powerful he was. They understood that what he had given them was very important and it was very valuable and it caused them to step out in faith out of loyalty. If you have given me this, God, I, master, I am going to take care of it. But that third servant knew who the master was, knew how powerful he was. It says that um, he, he, it says, you know, you take, you harvest what you didn't plant and you reap what you didn't sow. It's not just because his master went around stealing everybody's stuff. It's because he recognized like this master had unexplainable success and it terrified him. So rather than putting the faith in the master, this servant buried what had been given. He, he shrunk back in fear. So friends, what will you do with the resources that you have? Will you step out in faith, trusting that God, the God who promises that you reap what you sow, that he'll, be, he'll bring the increase? Or will you shrink back? out of fear or failure. Friends, using those talents is gonna require faith. And for some of us, that first step might just be practice. Like, like what's that talent that God's given you? Just maybe just practice it when no one else is around, whatever it is. Maybe we need to take a lesson. Maybe we need to ask somebody who we see that same talent or that same gift in and just say, hey, like, would you help me? Would you help me learn how to grow this? How to do this like you? But what's the next step of faith for you in practicing in using the gifts that God has given to you? What's that next step? And then we surrender it to him. I'm gonna take this step. But God, I'm going to surrender it to you. So our two truths, God has entrusted you with talent. Using those talents require faith, but here's the lie. The lie is my talent isn't that important. Well, Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 says that he divided it. In this story, he divided it according to their abilities. Everybody got something. And so if you have a gift, there's a reason for it and there's a purpose behind it. The end. And you might, I might not always feel like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I might not always feel like my talent is that important, but you know what the truth is? The truth is it's not about me. 1 Peter 4.10 says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. That third servant buried his talent out of fear, but ultimately it was selfish. And sometimes I think we hide behind 
false humility or I don't want to self-promote. But the truth is to not use the gifts that God has entrusted to us is not noble, it's selfish. And friend, God has given you a talent that he's tr- he wants to use. There might be someone in this world who has not yet been pointed to Jesus and it's gonna take the gifts and the talents and the skills that you have to do that. So don't discredit your talent. Remember, it's not yours, it's God's. And so to discredit, to say your gift is not important, to discredit or demean that gift is to discredit and demean the creator whose DNA rests inside of you. You are made in his image and the gifts he's given you are important and he doesn't make mistakes. And the enemy will do anything he can to keep you on the sidelines. And so if you're hearing a voice this morning that's telling you that your gift is not important, it is a lie from the enemy. God wants us to use the gifts he's given us to step out in faith, to cultivate it into something that points people to Jesus. And I, I realized that more than ever as I was reading this story this week. You know, Sean read it from Luke a couple weeks ago. And in Luke, when he starts this story, it says in Luke chapter 19, verse 11 says, the crowd was listening to everything Jesus said. And because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. So he realized, I've got all these followers. They're hanging on every word I'm saying. They understand that I'm the Messiah that's been promised for generations. And we're about to walk into Jerusalem on this, I'm going to ride on this donkey, this you know, his big triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And he's like, they're missing it. Like they think I'm about to go in and overthrow the government and take over this world. They think that I'm here to do that. But he, he stops on his way. He's like, they need to understand something before we get there. And they need to understand this, that the kingdom of God is not like a king who comes in and just takes over. It's like a king who has work to be done and he invites his people to be a part of it. So when I read that this week, that was a reminder to me that these talents, these gifts that he's given me, they carry some responsibility. Like it's not, a, it's not about some nice talent show from the day that we give our lives to Jesus till the day that we uh, meet him again in heaven. Like this is real. There's a real kingdom that's being built here. And those talents that you have, no matter what they are, they're about pointing people to the gospel and pointing people to Jesus. So it's not about my plan It's not about what I want or how important I feel my gifts are. It's that God created me and God created you for such a time as this. And I can embrace those talents. I can cultivate those skills and use them for his glory and move forward. Or I can freeze and doubt and get left behind. So how do we steward our talents well. 
We identify it. Are you athletic? Use it for his glory. Maybe you're going to go pro. Maybe you're going to coach. Maybe God is using your hard work and the, the effort that you've put in to develop something in you for whatever talent he uses in the next step. Are you naturally a nurturer? Moms and dads, if you naturally have that talent, nurture your kids. Spend every bit of energy that you have on those kids. And if you're a natural nurturer and you don't have kids, find somebody to nurture. Find somebody to mentor. But use that talent that God has placed inside of you. Are you creative? Use color and art from creation to point people back to their creator. Teach people how to find the beauty that God has given us. Is your gift to teach? Then teach. If it's to encourage, then encourage. If it's to prophesy, then prophesy. If you're a builder, then build, whether you work in engineering or graphic design, in food or fitness, if you're the CEO or a custodial engineer, if you're a barber or beautician, if you're a preacher or a PE teacher, whether you're in sales or service, if you are a butcher, a baker, or a candlestick maker, you are created fearfully and wonderfully in the image of God, and he has a purpose and a plan behind every talent and every gift he's given you. And he wants you to use it for his glory, for building his kingdom. So we have to identify it and we have to use it. Cultivate it. First Timothy 4 says, don't neglect the gifts. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Friends, we got to use it. And like I said before, we got to surrender it. Are, are you willing to surrender it to him? Remember, every servant who invested got a return. So whether that talent is used in the context that you have planned or that you think it should be used, can you trust God's principles of sowing and reaping and take your hands off of it? It's not mine anyway. Will we surrender it to him to use however he sees, Fred, uh, sees fit? I think the greatest step single step we can take in stewarding our talents well is surrender. And that's what we're going to do this morning. God, we surrender our hearts and our lives, our gifts, our talents, our skills, every resource that you've given to us, that you've entrusted to us, Lord, in this moment, we surrender them back to you. And God, we just say, what do you want to do with it? God, we don't even have to have all the answers as to what you want to do with it. But in this moment, Lord, I pray that we would surrender those things back to you.
in a new way. God, I believe that there are lives that you want to change, that there are people who don't know you, people that are not in this room this morning, God, whose life, whose lives you want to change, and you're only going to do it when we surrender to your plan and move forward and use what you've given us. So God, I pray that we would surrender to you in a new way. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this audio from Crossroads Church. Feel free to share this audio with others, but please do not alter or edit the content in any way. For more information about Crossroads, please visit lincolncrossroads.com.